Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Spirit Seeker Hour. Spirit Seeker Hour is your chance to delve into the world of your inner spirit. The Spirit Seeker Hour is brought to you by Spirit Seeker Magazine. Go to www.spiritseeker.com to find out more. And now, here's Cindy Meyer. Hello and welcome. And as the little intro said, yes, this is the Spirit Seeker Hour where we have the wonderful privilege of interviewing some of the top cutting-edge people doing the work on the front lines of the mind, body, and spirit. So we interview authors, we interview um, scientists, we interview musicians, Anything that has to do with enhancing the mind, body, spirit, and making the world a better place is what you will find on this radio show. We have over 300 archive shows that are there for your easy listening pleasure. Uh, they're podcasts, so all you have to do is click on spiritseeker.com. In the left-hand corner is the icon that takes you to Blog Talk's page. for It's blogtalkradio.com forward slash Cindy Meyer, which is C-Y-N-D-E-M-E-Y-E-R. But if you just go there, it's all automatic, and all of the shows that we have created over the last few years are there. You also can easily forward the link to your friends, your relatives, and the more we help people find their way to all of this wonderful information, the more the world is a better place. Okay, so all of that, one more thing, and then we're going to go straight into our interview today. We um, we send you a weekly, uh, well, we, Spirit Seeker sends out a weekly email newsletter letting you know who our radio show guests are, letting you know when the new issue of the magazine is online. We are wanting to grow this list and communicate with our, our people that are interested in this information more. So if you will send an email to info at spiritseeker.com asking to be added to our sacrosanct mailing list, we do not sell it. You'll only get information from Spirit Seeker. Um, please just do that, and we will let you know each week when um, our guests are getting ready to come on the show. Okay, so today we um, have the pleasure of interviewing Dick Larson. He is... An interesting person. He has been on many, many radio shows. If you search the Internet, you're going to find his name on probably, it was countless, how many radio shows. And he knows a lot about crop circles, but he knows a lot about other things. He works in in the real world, shall we say, as a counselor with a background in education, business, and communication. He spent time in the U.S. Air Force and became a special educator with the Los Angeles School District. He also served as an executive in business. He is involved and on the cutting edge of, in the United States, talking about the biggest event in the world today, the emergence of Maitreya and the spiritual hierarchy. Maitreya is awaited by the world's major religions as the Christ, Buddha, the Messiah, Imam Mahdi, Krishna, and the Bodhisattva. So we are going to be hearing about this momentous event that will lead to the transformation of the world, how um, Mr. Larson came to be involved, and if you have questions, all you have to do is hit one pound on your phone, and you will be brought into the queue, and then we'll bring you on live a little bit later in the show. So, uh, Dick, thank you for being my guest, and welcome to uh, Spirit Seekers Radio Hour. Well, thank you, Cindy. It's great to be on Spirit Seeker. I love the name of your show. It's, I think it's great. <laughs> It's the name of the magazine, and it's funny. We originally, we chose Spirit Quest, and then that was taken. So I had to come up with a new name. And I was teaching at a um, holistic conference 
in Ames, Iowa. I was teaching holistic um, approaches to business management because many holistic pr- practitioners have that gift, but they don't know how to do business very well. So I was there, and I ran into this gal from that I'd seen in I, uh, I'm sorry, Omaha. And I said, "What are you doing here?" And she said, "Well, I'm a, I'm a spirit seeker just like you." <laughs> and so Aww. that is the way it was it was named, and it's pretty appropriate. So um, so let's hear yeah, about you. Have you. Have a, you have to have an open mind to host this show. <laughs> oh yes, it's funny because you know you hear everything, and you know it's wonderful because we're I feel like we're a portal to all that is you know out there. But uh, but you walk in many worlds too, Mr. Larson. <laughs> well, I do. Yeah. Yeah, so let's hear about your your journey and whatever you'd like to share, and then we'll go into, um, of course, uh, the other topics of you know what sure. we want to let listeners know about. Sure. Well, the first thing I would like your listeners to know is I'm not a guru. Uh, I don't make any claims about my spiritual status or that I'm anybody special. Um, I'm I'm a human being who's interested in spirit seeking, which is a great reason to put me on this show. Um, And I have some information to share. It's information from something called the Ageless Wisdom Teachings. The Ageless Wisdom Teachings, Cindy, are not a religion. It's an ancient, ancient, ancient philosophy so old that its basic truths are said to be incorporated in most of the world's major religions. And so the Ageless Wisdom has been passed on over the eons verbally, then finally in writing, um, kind of esoterically esoteric means hidden um because it was all it's only revealed when people are ready to hear it ready for the information ready to process the information and maybe get a little bit of value out of it so um so it's an ancient ancient um, philosophy well the two most recent revealers of the ageless wisdom are a woman named alice a bailey who wrote about 20 books in the 1930s and 40s they're some of them are easier to read than others, um, but they're they're full of incredible, vast arrays of knowledge um, about life and why we're here. And the more recent one is a man named Benjamin Krem, spelled C-R-E-M-E. He lives in London, and he's written about 15 books, and he has traveled the world for almost the last 40 years um, without pay, just doing it because he feels it's his obligation to reveal the latest revelations of the ageless wisdom teachings. But my source for most of my information is going to be Benjamin Krem. I'll tell you a little bit more about that, but there's something I'd like to just start with, Cindy, if you don't mind. No, and that this is, is your time. Go right. I mean, oh, really, yes. I, you're, the, you're the. I'm thrilled that you're here. <laughs> well, thank you. Well, go ahead. I am too. <laughs> <laughs> what I want to tell your listeners is, please don't believe anything I say, and I, <laughs> and I absolutely mean that. I mean, that would be blind belief, and I can't recommend blind belief to anybody. You know, um, I, I'm i going to say a lot of stuff, and some of it's going to sound pretty off the wall and pretty weird, and it's okay if people react that way. All I ask is what I talked about just at the very opening, and that is I ask people to try and at least hear it with somewhat of an open mind. Now, an open mind is more difficult than we might think. A lot of people think, oh, I have an open mind. But we've all been raised with our, with, to develop our own belief system, our own way and view of looking at the world and what goes on with our teachers, our parents, and other important people in our lives. And so we all have our belief system, our, our point of view. And I'm just going to ask your listeners to kind of crack the window open a little bit 
and let maybe some new possibilities creep in and see if maybe 10 or 20% of what I say might make some sense to a few people. So just I just know that I'm not trying to cram anybody's anything down anybody's throat. I'm not trying to get people to think like I think. I'm not I'm not trying to convince anybody of anything. I'm not arguing with anybody. I'm just presenting my information and they can do with it whatever they wish. Okay. I think that's reasonable. <laughs> so, um so you know, you I've heard of Buddha Maitreya. You know, you've heard Maitreya. So what actually does the word Maitreya mean? Maitreya means the happy one, the one who brings joy to the world. It's Sanskrit. The ancient, 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 ancient language of the mysteries. And Maitreya is, that's his personal name. Like, my personal name is Dick. His personal name is Maitreya. He doesn't, I have not talked, I can't say that. Um, Yeah, I have not, like, had a sit down with Maitreya or anything to talk about this. So I'm getting my information from Benjamin Krem, and I said I would say a little bit more about that. There are spiritual beings, great consciousnesses. We call it the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of souls, the spiritual kingdom. There are great, great spiritual beings whom the angels' wisdom teaching calls the masters of the wisdom. And they they call them masters not because they're masters over us, but because they're masters over themselves. And these are great people that we know many of them from the history books that have gone through humanity, human life ahead of us, human evolution ahead of us, and then become permanent spirits, as was demonstrated by Jesus when he ascended uh, and went from a person into a permanent spirit. Um, They've done the same thing. We're all going to go there eventually, as I continue my, my story, you'll hear. But anyway, there are 63 of these great beings. We know them as Krishna... Buddha, um, Confucius, Jesus, Mary, the mother of Jesus, um, John, Paul, Ringo. No, not Ringo. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, making a joke. That's all right. I got it. (laughs) But but we know these Saint Germain, um, Joan of Arc. These are all. These are great, great, giant spiritual consciousnesses now, and sixty-three of them. There are other paths they can take to other planets, other solar systems, other, you know, and and some 63 of them have stuck around planet Earth, and they are the inspiration for humanity behind the scenes. They have been the inspirers of the great advances that humanity has made over the eons. And so they are called the masters or the masters of wisdom, the spiritual masters. There are 63 of them, and they have a leader, and their leader is called Maitreya, the world teacher. Well, Benjamin Krem is in constant contact with one of these 63. There were supposed to be five people in contact with a master to talk about this story around the world. One in New York, one in Japan, one in London, uh, Tokyo actually, in Japan, and so on. But only one of them responded, and, and that was Benjamin Krem. So he is in contact with one of these masters, and that's where his information comes from. He makes no spiritual claims about himself whatsoever either. So I just wanted to say that's where he gets his information. If you read his books, he describes it, the training he went through to be able to receive this information objectively and give it back to the public objectively. He was pretty strenuous, about 10 years of training, um, before he even started giving talks or anything. And he volunteered. Nobody forces us to do anything. The spiritual kingdom... 
has given us free will, God-given free will. It's sacred. It's sacred. First book of the Christian Bible, Adam and Eve had a choice. That's how we learn. We learn by making choices and then learning from our choice. The goal isn't to make the right choice every time. The goal is to learn from every choice. And so that's why we have free will. It's because we that's how we learn and grow. So Benjamin Krem is doing this work on his own. He came to Los Angeles to speak every year for 35, 38 years. And one time I've, I went to, to hear him. And some of what he said was just gobbledygook to me, and some of it really hit home. I grew up a Christian, a Lutheran, as a matter of fact, in Minnesota, and loved my church. I was going to be a minister for a while. Um, but then, you know, life catches us, and we get in the throes of professions, and I just didn't, never did it. Um, and... All of a sudden, I was hearing, I heard Benjamin Crumb speak, and then I bought one of his books. And it had answers in it that just made sense for me. I can't say they make sense for anybody else, but, but they seem to be. Um, but for me, they answered questions my religion couldn't answer, questions I'd always had. And um, I, just, I just got so much out of them. And I thought, well, I've got to start reading this stuff. So then I got involved and eventually ended up interviewing Benjamin Crumb on, on three TV shows and meeting with him once a year and and meditating with him and so on and so forth. So um, he's the source of my information, and he's the one who's been asked to tell the world that it's time for another teacher. And that's that's the teacher, Maitreya. You did a beautiful job, Cindy, at the beginning of describing who he comes to represent. All the All the major religions of the world right now are looking for their great teacher to return. You know, the Jews are looking for the Messiah. The Christians of, of Christ, uh, of course, are looking for Christ to return. Um, the Muslims are looking for the Imamadi or the Messiah. Um, the, the Hindus are looking for Krishna. He, in, in the old days, 2,000 years ago, the world didn't have worldwide communication. So teachers had to come into different areas of the world. And that's how the different religions got started. None of them came to start a religion. They just brought their teachings, and then we made religions out of it. Well, now one teacher can fulfill all those prophecies by coming himself, and that one is the world teacher, Maitreya, who is the next teacher that's scheduled to come. About every 2,000 years, we get a new teacher. And now we're waiting for, for him to come forward. It, it, it could be, well... My my personal feeling is it's going to be within six months to two and a half years that he'll be coming forward. So I mean, this is not something we're talking about 100 years from now or 50 years from now. This everybody that's listening to this broadcast, if they're in reasonable health, they're going to be around for to see him um, when he makes himself known. He's already here, and I can talk about that process if you'd like. You know, I, I, I'm fascinated. I mean, I, I know that, you know, there are lots of questions I'd like to ask you, but you're rolling with it. So keep going, and then I'll, every once in a while, I'll jump in. <laughs> okay. Well, he, he comes to fulfill all those prophecies. And he um, made his own body. His consciousness, the, the master's consciousness doesn't reside out in space somewhere. Their consciousness is usually in the mountains and deserts of the world in the remote parts of the world where there's no smog and no noise pollution, you know, that kind of stuff. He, he, they don't have physical bodies unless they want one. 
unless they want to take one. They can either take a human body or they can make a human body. He made a body specifically for this purpose. And it took him years to make the body. It's a male body. I'll tell you why in a little bit. We're in the age of Tara right now. The, this is the era of Tara for planet Earth, which means the mother aspect, the nurturing aspect of God. And so the planet Earth right now is just loaded with female energy. And so to balance it, the first masters that are coming will be coming in male bodies. The first female master, he's not coming alone. There will be about 40 masters eventually walking among us, teaching us. Masters in, specializing in each area of life, health care, education, government, you name it, you know, religion. Um, these masters will be walking among us, helping us get back on track. See, planet Earth has gotten off track, and I want to talk about that. But first I'll finish his body. So he made this body. It's about six foot three. It's a male body. It took him so long to make it because he can actually embody. He is such a great, great spirit. He can actually embody the love of God. And he needs to be able to shake your hand and not zap you to death. Do you know what I mean? Right, <laughs> And right, still have this body. Yeah. Hold the love of God. And so, I mean, it's, I can't even wrap my mind around that concept. But anyway, he made his body. Then he came down out of the mountains into Pakistan. To It took him about two weeks to just kind of acclimate it to the noise and the pollution and all the stuff we live in every day. Then he flew, this was in 1977. On July 19th, 1977, he flew into London, which is his base of operations right now his kind of home base, to fulfill the prophecy that he would come out of the clouds. He flew into London. The age on his passport is 33, which coincidentally, not coincidentally, is the age Jesus was when he died. Um, and he, he flew in uh, on July 19th. And now if you think about it, seven is a very spiritual number. I, I'm sure you're aware of that. Yes. That would be 777, wouldn't it? 777, July 1977. That's why my email is 777. I figure it's the opposite of 666, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so he flew. In total, the spiritual vibration, yes. They don't, they don't miss a trick, the masters. I mean, their knowledge doesn't, it doesn't end. And, and numerology is, is important. And, and they're aware of numerology. So he flew on 777 into London on the 19th. And in the decimal system, that's the one and the nine, the first and the last, the alpha and the omega. Interesting. Yeah, well, no and, and, and in Tibetan numerology, that comes to ten, which is one, which is all, like ten is all new visions and, and you know, new vision. You I didn't know, know that. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah, it is. And it yeah. makes it makes sense what you're saying. So he is now waiting for the right time to come forward. He can't come. He's not going to just come forward and say, I am the teacher for the world now, and I am going to help you get things back on track. Pay attention. That would infringe our free will. We need to recognize him as being somebody special and say, who are you really? And then he will declare himself. So... Um, what he's doing, he's interviewing on TV now as an ordinary man. He's in the body he made, but he's he's not saying his real name. He's interviewing as an ordinary man. He had he was part of panels, about eight panels. He did eight or nine television shows in the U.S. I haven't seen any of them. Um, he was on panels. Then he went to Mexico and did individual interviews on as a 
as a news guest or as a as a as a wise person who has some ideas about how to help the world. You know, sometimes they'll bring in experts on processing food and feeding the planet, and he'd come in as one of those or something. You know. So he's been interviewing. Then he went down to Brazil, interviewed in Brazil about 30 times on television, Brazilian television. And now he is interviewing in Russia. He's had almost 20 interviews on television in Russia. And he will be interviewing in Japan, in in England. He's going to be on the BBC, different countries around the world, until finally the media and humanity say, okay, 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 you know way too much. Who... You can't be just an ordinary person. Who are you really? And when we do that, then he has our free will to come forward and announce who he is. And he will do that on television. That's what the satellites are up there for. They're not up there for World Cup soccer. They're up there for this event. He says, it will be my day of declaration, the day I declare who I am and that I have come to help humanity. And so what will happen he will appear on television around the world and on radio simultaneously, linked up, all at the same time. And there are three ways you'll know it's him. And I'll tell your audience right now so that, so that if, when this day comes, they'll be able to recognize him. There are three ways you'll know it's him. Number one, you'll see his face on TV, but his lips won't move. You will hear his words in your head in whatever your native language is. People will be looking at each other going, he's not talking, but I'm hearing him. Are you hearing him? It will be one of those kind of experiences. Right. That's number one. Number two, while he's speaking, and Cindy, he's going to give a short history of the world. He's going to show where we've gotten off the track, where we've gone wrong. He's going to give us a glimpse of how brilliant the future of our world is going to be. He's going to talk about justice and freedom and love and um, sharing and different global qualities like that, harmlessness. And while he is speaking, the second way you'll know it's him is that people will feel the love of God in their heart like they have never felt it before. There'll be a lot of people crying, and I'll probably be one of them. And trust the love in your heart. If people are worried about the Antichrist, the Antichrist cannot do that. And the third way that we'll know it's him is because after he's done speaking for 45 minutes or however long he addresses the world, there will be news reports from all over the world that while he was speaking, hundreds of thousands of people were miraculously healed while he was speaking. And in those three ways, you'll know that this is the teacher for this age. Now, we have free will. All he's going to do, he's a teacher. All he's going to do is make suggestions, and we can either follow them or not. And that's how people will know, and that's that's the day that's coming. Um, and And I'll tell you, there's no, there has been no day like this in the history of humanity on planet Earth, ever, ever. Can you, can you believe the privilege that, that it is to be alive right now? I mean, we are being so entrusted to do this. You know, the generation before us came to do their job. And I'll tell you what it was. They defeated the Antichrist. And everybody knows who it was if they think about it. If you look at St. John's book of Revelation, he talks about the Antichrist. It was Hitler. Yeah, I knew you were going to say that. The Antichrist is actually an energy. It's not a person. And it's released periodically. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Okay. And it's released periodically through one or more people to break down the old order of society and pave the way for the new. It was released in biblical times when St. John wrote his book of Revelation through Nero, 
Nero was the was the Roman emperor who basically destroyed Rome. You know that saying, Nero fiddled while Rome burned? Right. The, Nero was the B666. If you look in St. John's, I used to teach Bible study and stuff like that. If you look at a good study Bible, not a regular Bible, but a study Bible, it'll have lots of footnotes. And the footnote in St. John's Book of Revelation where it says B666, the footnote will say, numerology was very big back then, and every letter of the alphabet represented a number. And the footnote, I have two study Bibles, the same footnote in both of them, and they're by completely different authors. It says 666 is the total numbers in the name Caesar Nero. He was the B666, and he, the Antichrist energy was released through him. It broke down the Roman Empire and paved the way for Christendom. 2,000 years later, it was released through Hitler, a couple of his generals, Mussolini, a couple of his generals, and a couple of Japanese generals, that Troika. The, the Antichrist energy was – if you think about it, Hitler did everything the Antichrist was supposed to do. He was incredibly evil, killed millions and millions of people, tried to conquer the world, and fooled for like 30 years. He fooled millions of people into thinking he was going to create this perfect world, this perfect society. Well, let me tell you something about Hitler. And I didn't realize this. I had a picture of Ganesha, which, of course, is from the Hindu um, religion. And, yeah. you know, oftentimes, you know, when you're with a, a Hindu master, they will give you an energy transmission. And the way they do that is their palm is directed at you. And yeah. out that palm comes the energy. Well, I had this picture from one of the ashrams that I picked up, you know, along the way studying. And in the palm of his hand looks like a swastika, but it's not. It's reversed, and it's an huh. energy transmission. And Hitler created his swastika from the Hindu religion and reversed it, and that's why every time he went Heil Hitler, you know, with that, he knew the power of that. I mean, talk yeah. about taking something sacred and yeah. misusing it. But he yeah. knew what he was. He was he was evil incarnate. Well, he was evil incarnate, and he was brilliant. Yes. He was but brilliant, and he allowed himself to be taken over by the dark forces, and they went ahead and released the, the, the Antichrist energy was released through him. So the Antichrist for our time has come and gone. That's the good news, according to the Ageless Wisdom teachings. Makes perfect sense to me. It will be released one more time, Cindy, about 3,000 years from now, and that battle will be fought on the mental levels, not on the physical level. That w And that will be the last time... It will be released. That will be the last time it's needed. And that battle will be fought on the mental levels. And at that point, the Antichrist energy will be put down for once and f or for forever. It will never be released again. But for our time, it has come and gone and paved the way for the teacher for this age. You know, we're in a new age. This is a new cosmic cycle that we're in. And I'm not talking about the astrology that's in magazines and newspapers for for entertainment. I'm talking about the movement of heavenly bodies throughout cosmos. Our solar system, our sun and of course all its planets including our beloved little planet Earth comes into alignment with we're surrounded by 12 major constellations which we call the zodiac, of course. And they're spaced about they're spaced apart so that when we come into alignment with one of them, it takes about 2,000 years to move into the next one. So about every 2,000 years, 2,250 years, you know, give or take, depending on the constellation, we come into alignment with one of these major, major, major heavenly bodies that has tons of energy.
that streams into our solar system and helps us evolve. And for the last 2,000 years, we have been in alignment with and receiving energy from the constellation of Pisces. And every time we we are in alignment, we say we are in the age of whatever that constellation is. So in the last 2,000, if you go to any planetarium, they'll, they'll tell you this. And the scientists call it the precession of the equinox. That's their term for it. But for the last 2,000 years, we have been in the age of Pisces. And the symbol for Pisces? The fish. Is the fish, exactly. Jesus came to inaugurate the age of Pisces. He was the teacher for the world for the age of Pisces. And if you think about it, there's tons of fish analogies in the Bible. I'll make you fishers of men. He fed the crowd with fish. There's two symbols for Christianity, the cross and the fish. And most most Christians can't tell you why the fish. It's because he was the teacher for the age of Pisces. That is no accident. Well, in 1625, we started moving out of the influence of Pisces. And in 1675 astronomically speaking, we started to move into the influence of the next constellation, it goes backwards, Aquarius. So we are now in the age of Aquarius. We're actually about halfway between. We're half Piscean energy coming in and half of this tremendous new Aquarian energy is coming in. So we're in the age of Aquarius, but we still have both. What's happening now is the Piscean energy is being withdrawn the Aquarian energy is coming in. Whenever the planet is in in an, um, both of them like that, there's chaos. And sure enough, look around. Chaos is, is all over our planet. Right. You know, starving people. We got plenty of food. We got there's 12% per capita of food excess. 12% excess in the world. And as you and I speak, Cindy, about every eight and a half seconds, a child dies of starvation or a starvation-related illness in a world with a 12% per capita excess of food. It's not getting distributed. You know why? Apathy and greed. You know, the Western world is keeping all this food in these huge storage bins until we get the right price for it. And if we don't get the right price for it, we don't sell it. Right. You know, that's that's why it was interesting you know, when we almost had a Mormon president. And, I mean, some of the, I mean, I think a lot of people had no idea about Mormonism. I mean, I, I, we have temples in St. Louis, but I really didn't know much about it. But what I found interesting about that particular group, they had these warehouses like Sam's, you know, like bigger than Sam's, just for their people. And if yep. someone was hungry, they would go to the minister, and the minister would have these clipboards, and he'd say, okay, okay, um, Joe, I, I know your family's kind of suffering. What 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 do you need this week? Do you need a little meat? Do you need bread? Do you need eggs? What? And there would be a clipboard, and all of the people who worked in that warehouse were all volunteers and everything. Yes. And I thought, you know what? What if the whole world was just like, what, what do you, what oh, do you yeah. need? What, what, what can we do to help you? Exactly. Mormons really take care of each other. It's a wonderful, wonderful community of love, I think. Right. Um, but they, but they the, don't reach out. For the most out. part. I mean, every every religion has its, you know, fringe people. But, I mean, when when somebody, when, when there's, I worked with a Mormon guy, and his wife and kids were killed in a car accident. I can't tell you how that church took care of him. Right. I mean, he, right. didn't, he didn't have to buy or cook a meal for like a year. People brought food to his house. Cooked. Ready to eat. Wow. Right. I mean, just on and on and on. I mean, right. and you know, that's that's love. Right. 
I mean, and when you're talking about the apathy, I think that, you know, there was just something on Facebook that I saw or some, I don't know, actually it was a news thing. There was this minister who had just been hired by this church, and what he did, he was supposed to give his, you know, welcoming speech, you know, and, you know, his first talk to the congregation. Sure, sure. He, he dressed himself up as a poor beggar. Only five people from this church said hello to him. Everyone else looked at him with eyes of like, oh, my God, what is this person doing here? Oh, my gosh, this poor vagrant person. Not Christian at all, not helpful at all, totally apathetic as to how they could help. And then when the and, – and the whole, I guess, council that, you know, had, you know, with the boards, shall we say, from this church were in on it. They knew that this minister wanted to do this. And then when it was time to be introduced, he walked up to the pulpit, and there he was. And he said, how many of Whoa. you said hello to me? How many of you? I know. And I thought, what a profound way to teach and to start his tenure as their new leader to show, you know, to teach compassion. And I think you're right. Apathy right now, it's it's just, you know, and, we, we, you know, that was one of the things that you know, I was going to ask you. You know, do you feel that this gap between the have and have-nots is growing or shortening? I think it's, like, oh. getting. Oh, it's no, growing. Let's hear your take. Outrageously. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. And that's that see, apathy. See, this is all, this is all, it's the hardest book of the Bible to read. The book of Revelations is so confusing. There's, it's actually written about three separate events, Nero, what we're going through now, and then the end of the world, which, by the way, is millions of years off. Every planet goes through cycles, and, and the Ageless Wisdom says that every planet has seven cycles, and each cycle is millions of years long. Planet Earth is in the middle of its fourth cycle. So don't worry about the end of the world. It's a long ways away. Now, what were you saying before we got to that? <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, there's a, no, 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 it's okay. We've jumped around quite a bit. But but I do want to talk about some of the signs that are coming, the the beautiful okay. bright star that have been has been seen worldwide. And well, I want to go back to what you were saying about the minister. May I? Yes. Go, I mean, I thought I that was just that. fabulous. I did, too. Well, let me, tell did. You how, <laughs> let me tell you how incredible that is, how wonderful that I think this person is. This is exactly what the masters are doing now. There are 14 masters on the planet right now in physical bodies. They're, they're not going to come forward until after the world teacher Maitreya comes forward um, and announces himself. Um, but then they'll come forward. For example, one of them, there's a master that lives right outside of Rome right now, is the master Jesus. He he will be back. He His job is to get the Christian church back on track. And, of course, the largest church in the world is the Roman Catholic Church. That's the largest religion in the world, Christianity. And there will be no more popes. He will take his rightful place at the head of the Christian church and guide the church back on track. It's quite a job he's got set up for himself. Anyway, he's here. He's back. People will see him on TV. They'll see him standing right next to Maitreya, eventually, after Maitreya introduces himself. And they'll be talking about how they're brothers and they work together all the time. Well... Benjamin Cram publishes a magazine. It's a monthly magazine called Share International because the biggest thing that Maitreya says we need to do to solve the world problems is the countries need to share their excess with other countries that, that need what we have excess of. And he says there's going to be a big – there are already plans. There are already people working on these plans behind the scenes, but the world isn't ready for it yet. But when the time comes, this will be run through the United Nations – um, and it will it will be an inventory of every country and what they have access of, 
just like the inventory you were talking about at the Mormon church. It will be an inventory like that, and this country that has excess this, and they need some of this, and they need some of this, and then the country that gave it away, they'll get what they need that is excess in other countries, and it will be sharing. It won't be about people having to give up their life savings or anything like that. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about at the, at the national level. There will be sharing, and when people share, it creates trust. And when you create trust, then you don't have terrorism, you don't have wars, you don't have hatred, you have brotherhood. You have people working together. Sharing is the answer to the world's problem. It's such a simple solution, but nobody's tried it yet. And he's going to introduce that. So the magazine is called Share International. It comes out monthly. It's like $38 a month. There's no advertising in it. And it's all about the world teacher, uh, and about all the wonderful things that are happening in the world, new developments that are helping to feed people, changes in governments that are helping people. Well, part of that magazine is letters from readers who think they may have met a master. Here's what the masters are doing, Cindy. The masters are appearing to people all around the world as ordinary people, just for just for a moment sometimes, and sometimes longer. But they're doing it to teach us. Many, many times Maitreya or Jesus have appeared, so has Mary um, and the Tokyo master, the master in Tokyo, have appeared, but mostly Maitreya and Jesus have appeared to people as a homeless person. They do it all the time. All the time. A homeless woman and her child. It was Maitreya and Jesus. A homeless man sitting on a, on a, on a bus bench. I saw a homeless man Sitting on a on a bus bench, I was driving home from meditation one night, group meditation, um, and he had this long trench coat on. It was just filthy, long beard that was filthy. He was slouched down on this, and he was kind of looking looking at my car. And I pulled up, and there's a red light, so I stopped. I looked over at this homeless man on this bench. It was just dusk. It wasn't dark yet. The sun was setting, and my very first thought, first thought, Cindy, when I looked at him, I thought. That guy is looking right through me. Right. And then the light turned green and I drove on. I couldn't get him out of my mind. So I finally wrote to Benjamin Krem. Benjamin Krem asked his master, and then he publishes the response with these letters in the magazine. And sure enough, my letter was in there. That was the Master Jesus. You know, People are seeing the, right. the Master Jesus and Maitreya all the time, and they just don't know it. They're appearing to us to show us. Sometimes they appear as a woman. Sometimes as a man. Sometimes as a young. I was I was coming home from. I was leaving college. I was going to night school or um, I was part time school uh, towards my master's degree. And I was walking, leaving class to go to the parking lot. And I was walking on the sidewalk, and two college boys were walking towards me. And I looked up just at the last second, and right between them, behind them, was this young girl. Looked to be about twenty years old, dark, shorter length hair, kind of a Mona Lisa face with a little smile on her face. I saw her for like two seconds, and she, then she walked by. And my heart just jumped. I was so happy. I mean, I just, I walked to the car. My feet were barely touching the ground, it felt like. And I just, my first thought was, oh, I wish I could make people happy by smiling at them like she did with me. Well, I couldn't get her out of my mind. So I finally wrote to Benjamin Krem. He asked his master. My letter got published. That was my trail. Yeah. That's, how, that's what they're doing. They're appearing to us. They often appear when people need help. They need directions. Now, I, I'm kind of, there are three ways you know when you've seen a master, and I'll tell you what they are, typically, that people know. 
there's something in the eyes that's really special that really, um, you know, it is unique for them that's really outstanding. That's one way. Another way is their heart is just filled with love or joy or peace, especially if they're troubled or something, and they can't explain it. They don't know why. And the third one is it's an ordinary, everyday appearance, but you can't get it out of your mind. Just replays and replays and replays. Pardon me? It just replays and replays and replays. You know, in your mind. You, like it can be there. Yes, vision. exactly. Or yeah. auditory sometimes. It doesn't, yeah. yeah. And if that happens, you probably saw a master. They're appearing to people all over the world. They always appear to teach a lesson. Like to non-smokers, they'll appear as a smoker. People who hate smoking. People who hate drinking, they'll appear with alcohol on their breath. Um, they appear as homeless people a lot. Um, and, and whatever. You know, the the lesson obviously is everybody is sacred. Everybody's a soul. You know, I I knew of a couple that were, I think it was in Chicago. Not, it was a big city. And uh-huh. they were on a street, and this beggar man came up to them, and they're like, no, get away, get away. They went two blocks over. There was this guy. They sped up, saw him sitting on a bench behind them, and they're like, we're going to walk as fast as we can to get away from this yep. guy. Yeah. When they hit three blocks further, there's no way that guy, no way it could have happened. He was standing there waiting for them. That was a master. I know. I knew it when they told me. And he was teaching. The husband, he was teaching them a lesson. I know, and I knew it, but I also knew that they they were. And when I took gave them my take on it, they weren't ready to hear it. You know, just no. like they missed this opportunity. I said, "Well, what do you think that was?" You know, I mean, it's yeah. not an accident. You know, but and I knew they weren't getting it. And but I know, I know what you're talking about. And I but they will. I know they will. Get I know it. that too. I do. Yeah, that's why he did it. That's why they showed up because they right. knew that, that they would get it sooner or later. You know. Um, and it's so cool, and it's happening all the time. And I mean, there's just letter after letter after letter in every issue of Share International about people who have these ordinary experiences, but something just doesn't seem special. And and if and if it is one of the masters, then Benjamin Krem will will print the letter. And so there's there's all these experiences. Well, that's exactly what that minister did. He did exactly the same thing. Exactly. We're all sacred. We're all souls. Right. It's really We're touching all in this me together. to talk about it, you know? Yeah. Wow. Um, so, so they're doing things like that that are just amazing. Um, they're appearing to people in all kinds of ways. By the way, when people see an angel, like sometimes people will say, you know, I was dying and, and an angel appeared at the foot of my bed before I recovered. That wasn't an angel. That was a master. They appear as angels so they won't scare us because they know we're not afraid of angels. There are angels. There are there are little teeny devas, little teeny teeny angels that are responsible for maintaining um, the health of plants, grass, things like that. Little animals, birds, butterflies, little teeny. This is it's called the David Kingdom or the Angelic Kingdom, and and there are little ones, and then there are huge, huge. There are there are huge angels. There is a picture on the Share International website and on YouTube of an angel that was photographed by NASA flying near the sun. No kidding. It's white, and it's an angel. I've seen a picture of this. Have you seen it? Yeah. Okay. Well, because, you know, we published an article in our October issue about this, and I looked at that and was just fascinated by it. That angel, according to Benjamin Krenzmaster, the, 
the Master Jesus asked that angel to make itself appear because angels don't appear. You can't see angels. Right. They're, we, they don't appear. Oh. But the Master Jesus asked this angel to do this so it could be photographed by NASA's cameras, um, and it did. That angel, here's how huge that angel was. That angel is half the size of planet Earth. That's how big that angel is. Being photographed that far away, you know, up to the sun and still see it like that. Have it show up like that. So there are these wonderful angels, but when people see angels, they're not angels. They're masters. <laughs> Isn't that fun? Well, and, you know, bodhisattvas, you know, for, for people who don't know what a bodhisattva is, bodhisattvas are enlightened beings that have reached the state where they didn't have to do their earth plane existence. You know, the most well-known, of course, is Kuan Yin. But she said, no, I choose to stay until others reach this uh, state of enlightenment. They serve. Well, yeah. Right, so she pours out the That's all they do, they serve. Right, right. It's like, you know, so, so you know, some of the Ascended Masters like St. Germain, who people are still, you know, reaching out to, and, you know, the, the Flor de Lea is his symbol. But, you know, I mean, Sheer International, I mean, the whole idea, you know, re- preparing for this interview, I, was, I kept getting more and more fascinated by what I read. And I was like, wow. And then when you look at this Mr. Krim, what an interesting person. I mean, he, he looks like a combination Einstein enlightened being himself. Yeah, he's. A woman wrote a letter about. one time in. This is great. She was in London. She knew Benjamin Cram. She knew who he was. And this guy, she was on a trolley, and this guy got on the trolley, and he looked exactly like Benjamin Cram, except he was black. <laughs> it was my trail. <laughs> right, right, right. so, I mean, they have the most <laughs> wonderful sense of humor. I mean, they're they're just they're just incredible. They're just incredible. Called, I, it's called it, materializing. We have such a wonderful. T- yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's called materializing and dematerializing, coming in any form, any way, any shape or form. But the sure. essence and the energy is the same. Oh sure, they can appear at a thousand places at once if they right. want to, and they can just appear as a thought form. You know, you could see somebody standing on a bus. You're the only one that sees them because they gave you that thought form. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh, I so, – and listeners, I want – repeat that, please, because a lot of sure. times people think they're crazy. But but repeat that, please, because I think this no. is really important. Yeah, no, masters can appear um, to you or have somebody appear to you that's a thought form. In other words, they put the thought in your head of exactly what they look like, and you and you look like you're looking right at them. You, it seems like you're looking right at them, but they're not really there. Nobody else sees them. Okay, so I want to go in a different direction, sort of on right. the same line. Okay, I I just took a group of people crystal mining in Arkansas, and we had this crystal mining expert who is, you know, like a guide. So... Okay, and there was a guy who had hired him to be our our guide who knows him really well. But, of course, when Cindy Meyer gets here with her group and we're outside, you know, with the crystals, he starts talking about all the UFOs that he's been seeing lately down in Arkansas. And I said, well, you know, they're up in Wisconsin quite a bit right now too, don't you? I said, as well as Arizona, as well as New Mexico, as well as. And he says, I know. He says, but you know what? He said, it's so interesting no one else saw it, but I saw it. And I said, I understand. I said, my hairdresser, whoops, I better be careful here. Someone I know uh, was driving down the highway, and this brilliant white light came out of the sky, and all of a sudden she was flattened down into her car. And I said, she just couldn't understand it. And I said, well, 
what did you feel when that white light came out of the sky and you were driving? She said, I just felt this tremendous love. Yep. Yep. And so I said, well, it's a gift. Rather than being afraid of it, yep. embrace it, accept it, yep. and see what it does in your life. Yeah. Well, here we go. UFOs, <laughs> my information is UFOs are real. Oh, yeah. They're real. They come from the planets in our solar system. A lot of people think they come from the Pleiades or Sirius or, or, or elsewhere. No, they come. My information is, and from through Benjamin Krem and his master, that they come. Benjamin Krem's written a book about UFOs. Um, if you go on uh, Amazon.com and just put in the name Krem, C-R-E-M-E, all his books will come up. Um, and and uh, he's written a book about UFOs. They come primarily from Venus and Mars. All the planets in our solar system are inhabited. Matter of fact, cosmos is inhabited. There's nothing out there but life. Humanity is everywhere, and there's no one-eyed monsters with tentacles or anything like that, or you know, 15-foot or 30-foot or 100-foot ants or anything like that out there. They look just almost exactly like us. There have been pictures taken of them. Uh, in the pe- in the past, by people like George Adamski, that be published in his book, two two Martians, they look just like us. There's about three thousand space people. I don't call them aliens because that's a name that the Western governments have made up to discredit them and make them sound like bad people. They're not bad people. My information is that they are here on a mission of mercy to help us. Right. Um, and and um, the the spaceships, most of them, are made on Mars. That's a manufacturing planet. They love to build stuff. Mars is teeming with life. Here's the secret to why you can't see them and why we land a camera on Mars and it sees nothing, even though there's more people on Mars than there is on Earth and there's buildings everywhere. The reason is because our science is only aware of three levels of matter, solid, liquid, and gaseous physical. We're a physical matter planet. Because we can be. We have the right temperature. We have the right sunlight and everything. So we can be a physical planet. So we're aware of solid, liquid, and gas. But there are four levels above gas that are still physical, just like gas is physical. I mean, you can fill a tube with air, you can, you know, oxygen, you can, but you can't see it, you can't smell it, you can't. Well, that's the four levels of physical matter above gas are called etheric physical matter. Like ether is a very high vi- fine vibration gas. It's above that. That's what their spaceships are made out of. That's what their bodies are made out of. They have etheric vision. So they see each other just like we see each other. They see the buildings. They see their spacecraft. They see, they see each other on Mars all over the place. But, but our cameras don't have etheric vision. A few people do. More and more humans on, on Earthlings are going to get etheric vision as time goes on. A few people, the beginning of etheric vision is like seeing auras around people or around leaves on a tree. Or That's the beginning of etheric vision. Well, that's what these craft are made out of. So they're etheric physical. That's why they can go into the ocean. They can go into the ground. They can go wherever they want to go. The only time we see them, Cindy, is when they lower their vibration to become solid physical temporarily. And they do that whenever they want us to see them. So they're up there all the time. There's thousands of them up there. But, but we only more, see them when they want us to. Yeah, they the lower right the vibration now. of their craft. They lower the vibration of their body, whatever. Like the ones that crashed in... Um, Area 54. Yes. That, my information is, 
that was a Martian craft with three Martians who lowered the vibration of the craft and their bodies intentionally to become dense physical, and they crashed on purpose. They made that sacrifice and died to help to let us know they're here, they're real. And so what do we do? We keep it a secret. The government hides it. Well, you know, it's so interesting. On the trip down to the crystal mining um, mining trip, there was a gal, one of the gals, you know, one of my co- co-pilots, three of us in this car, was sharing everything about these UFOs and how um, England is saying they're not going to keep some of this stuff secret anymore because so many people are seeing them, it's too hard for the governments to keep this lid on it. And she France was like, has already like, released all their information. Right, right. It's the U.S. that's like the worst. Like anything yep. that comes out, they squash it. At any rate, so so this was the trip down to Arkansas. Then we're down there and we're mining and, you know, this guy shares this. Then we're coming back and it was like we took a detour on the way back and it took like nine hours to get home. As we are arriving in St. Louis, only two of the three of us saw this. I kid you not. There was this billboard off the highway, UFO. And something else, and it was there, and then, bloop, it was gone. I kid you not. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I I get it. I'm supposed to talk about this. I'm not supposed to, like, you know, I mean. Beautiful, beautiful. Everywhere that I'm going. I mean, It absolutely confirmed it, your suspicions. Yeah, yeah. It's just, you know, and the people who are awake are getting more and more signs. The people that are not quite awake are getting them. But it's yeah. like the ones that are seeing it need to talk about it more so that. Yeah. People understand, which is what yeah. Share International is doing. Most of the crews are from Venus, our sister planet. Now, Venus is almost a perfected planet. It's in its seventh round. We're in the middle of the fourth round, so is Mars. But Mars' technology is way beyond ours. But Venus is in its seventh round. It's almost a perfected planet. Benjamin Krem said that if you were to talk to somebody from Venus, you would think you were talking to a god. That's how loving and knowledgeable they are. And, and I guess they're just beautiful. They're a little bit taller than, than most of us. They're about six, six, seven feet, some of them. Well, just you know, the beautiful. Hathers, yeah, the Hathers in Egypt, not to interrupt, but the Hathers in Egypt, as they grew in consciousness, they grew to be eight to ten feet tall, and the pyramids had to get larger because their consciousness expanded so much that they, they became taller. There you go. So Venus is almost a perfected planet. We are so lucky to have them trying to help us. There's a four-part mission. Do I have time to mention that? Yes. And I, but first, before we do that, I want to mention that there are many, many um, uh, these introductory evenings telling uh, people in the U.S. about this. I want to mention uh, you can go to share-international.us forward slash SW. I'll repeat that. Share-international.us forward slash sw but you know in the midwest there will be in st louis on october the 8th at 7 p.m um in university city they're going to be in richardson texas on october 17th austin texas october 26th addison texas um october 12th and 13th kansas city missouri october 23rd and there will be a second um introductory evening in st louis missouri on november the 4th okay so i wanted to get that in and you can also dial 818 
785-6300. And, of course, you can also read the article in the October issue of Spirit Seeker. Just go to spiritseeker.com, and there's a wonderful article, and there's an ad with some of the different um, signs, the, the signs that have been seen and explaining those symbols and uh, a lot of links to YouTube videos, et cetera. Okay, so Beautiful. now, yes, thank you for that. Here. <laughs> okay. Thank you for that, Cindy. I also want to say that the main SHARE International website is share, S-H-A-R-E, dash international, all spelled out, dot org. Don't go to dot com. You'll get a really weird thing. Go to share-international.org. And there, there you can look at, like you wanted to talk about some of the miracles that have been happening around the world. Every major religion has had tons of miracles happening. And, and some of these miracles were things that that religion was looking for before their great teacher was about to return. So all that stuff is on the website. There's information about UFOs on there. If you want to see UFOs, just go to YouTube. I mean, my gosh. You can spot the fakes. But but when you see a, a force of about 15 lights moving in formation over a city in Utah at night, that, those are those are real. I mean, those are UFOs. Oh, I know. I know. Nobody's faking okay. that stuff. So tell They're us here on a spiritual mission. <laughs> okay. They're yeah, here to help I'm, us. Yeah, and that's why people that are so afraid, you know, oh, please, you know, just embrace them and see what happens. <laughs> it's yeah. all good. They're helping clean up our pollution. They're making crop circles as a calling card to let us know they're here. And they're marking, the crop circles mark magnetic grid places on our planet that will be used for future pollution-free energy that they're going to teach us. Um, and the third part of their mission 2,000 years ago, there was a brilliant star in the sky, the Star of Bethlehem. And the wise men saw it, and it moved through the sky and led them to Bethlehem and shined down on the baby Jesus. I get touched when I tell this story. Shined down on the baby Jesus to find them. That was not a star. That was a UFO, two and a half, the size of two and a half football fields, built specifically for that purpose to help us with our plan on Earth. They know what we're doing here. Well... Right now, there's a star out there, and it'll be there until the teacher, the, the world teacher, comes on television on his day of declaration. If you look in the sky at night, and sometimes even in the day if it's clear, you will see a bright, white, shining object that twinkles like a star, but it's not a star. How do you know? Just keep watching it, and all of a sudden, it'll start shining colors, and then it'll move. And Now, the, now these space people are telepathic. They're very, very advanced. I, my wife saw it out our kitchen window and said, do you think that's the star, Dick? And I said, well, let's go out and look. And I said, if you're the star, would you please move? And it went down and up and across. There are four of them, one north, south, east, and west, so no matter where you are on the planet, you can see one. Then I got my camera, and I said, if you're the star, would you please shine colors? And I took some video, and I took the individual frames on my computer and I sent them in to Benjamin Cram, and they were published in Share International. That was one of the four, one of my Trey stars. Beautiful colors that they emit. So, so the Art Space Brothers are helping us all the time. Right. And nature is very connected. You know, when you were talking about the nature divas, et cetera, I mean, yes. I, I have a, an amazing ability, thank you, God, to, to talk to animals, et cetera. And so, like, one time I saw this huge owl, but the fellow hiking with me didn't see it. And I was like, you didn't see that? I said, I've never seen an owl like, like with that big a wingspan. I said, it was like yes. huge. 
And, you know, he, he, he just didn't see it. And so I psychically said, you know, telepathically, like you're talking about, I said, please yeah. show yourself, please show yourself so that Mitsu can see that same. And then all of a sudden I heard it. <sighs> came uh-huh. right over the top of us. You oh, know, my God. And I know. It was, like, phenomenal. Then we got back to the car, and there were six deer waiting to greet us with innocence. And then, you know, like, I live on a common ground, and I we have hawks and different birds all the time. Oh, good but for the you. Owls, but the owls right now are talking yeah. more than they've ever talked. Sometimes and, the masters will send a, a, a lot of – they love to do birds, doves and so on, but they'll do rabbits, they'll do owls. Sometimes they will send one just to let you know that that you're loved. You know, uh, yeah. it's it's really incredible. And and here's something: the angel's wisdom says that in the future we're not going to have to talk to our animals. We will become telepathic with them. You won't have to say sit. You'll just look at your dog, think sit, and the dog will sit. We are going to have telepathic communication, just like you have. It's going to become more and more common. Humanity between the the four most evolved animals, which are elephants, camels, dogs, and horses. Those are the four creatures that have served humanity the most over the ages. So they are the four most evolved of the animals, um, horses, camels, elephants, and dogs. Oh and so they'll God. be the first ones to be telepathic. Isn't that something? Well, it is. And, I mean, I remember reading this book about elephants. It was like a, a fiction book, but it was so fabulous. I, You know, the insight that I gained from the wisdom and intelligence of yeah. elephants, I had no idea, no idea until I well, read it. Well, we're the middle kingdom. We're, we owe our bodies to the animal kingdom. You know, there's the mineral kingdom, the vegetable kingdom, the animal kingdom, the human kingdom, and the spiritual kingdom. And we owe our bodies to the animal kingdom, but we are also we owe our spirit, our soul, to the spiritual kingdom. We are the midpoint. Humanity is the midpoint between the kingdoms. And so we are the caretakers. It is our responsibility to care for the kingdoms below us the animal kingdom, the vegetable kingdom, the mineral kingdom. Each one grows out of the one below it. The, the, the vegetable kingdom grows out of the mineral kingdom. The, the animal kingdom grows out of the vegetable kingdom. Human kingdom grows out of the vegetable kingdom and the animal kingdom, if you're, unless you're a vegetarian. And there are places in the world where you can't be a vegetarian and survive, like Alaska. But anyway, um, and well, so I we are in the you... middle. We are the, we are the connection between the two because we are both. And that's what makes us so special. Okay, well, one more time, and, you know, you are welcome to come as my guest any time on the show. <laughs> I'd love even, to. I know, there's just so much we can talk about. But, um, listeners, I know many of you are not in the Midwest, so go to the website, share-international.org, and you can see all the different places globally where these talks are happening, and you can learn about this, and, of course, read Spiritseeker, um, spiritseeker.com, and please, please, please let other people know about this wonderful interview and it is here for your easy listening pleasure you can listen to it morning day or night we know that people are listening at all hours because we get the stats so we're grateful for your support of the show thank you dick larson so much for being my guest tonight and thank you oh it's my pleasure we have a golden future in front of us (laughs) okay thank you so much okay all right thank you everyone all right goodbye